0: Please stand by: Good morning. Thank you for joining Rick Bomfim' Morning Bible Study, and it's my privilege. I'm David Nutter. It's my privilege to again uh, bring the word this morning, and we are in Joshua for our fourth and final lesson in Joshua uh, about the life of faith. And we're uh, using Joshua as our primary text and Romans as our backdrop in this study. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for today. We thank you, Lord, that we get to participate in what you're doing in these days. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty, mighty word that we're always learning from your word. You're always speaking and ministering to us. We love your word. We pray, Holy Spirit of God, in Jesus' name, that you would quicken us today. Give us life. Give us understanding. Nourish us. Build us up in your word that we can go forth and persevere through our trials, and walk in the victory you prepared for us, that we may bring you praise and glory and honor, that we would build your kingdom here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, last time, folks, we studied about uh, the Israelites uh, having the great victory at Jericho. And as they crossed the water and were circumcised and entered the land, we saw that that was all true events, but also highly prophetic of things to come. And, you know, God will do that in your own life. You'll have past events that you'll find have prophetic meaning uh, for your future things. There's things in your life that you maybe feel like were wasted years, but nothing goes to waste with the Lord. Hallelujah. And so here we come to chapter 7 uh, and chapter 8. Uh, it's the defeat and ultimate conquest at AI. Um, this is the part of the Christian life that we wish didn't exist, uh, but we are kidding ourselves uh, if we think it doesn't exist. It's right here. And it's also contained in Romans 6, 7, and 8, and you can read about it. Romans 6 is coming, being baptized and coming aware of your new identity and that you're dead to sin, And you don't have to live in sin anymore. And then Romans 7 is the awareness, yet the body is, sin seems to be present. And you have to learn and practice how to come into victory in the life in the spirit. As you put to death the deeds of the flesh and you walk in the spirit. So let's look at Joshua chapter 7. I'm going to begin with a Winston Churchill quote. I don't do this that often in Bible study, but I think Sir Winston uh, captured a spiritual truth here, uh, whether he uh, fully grasped all of the biblical implications or not, I don't know, but he said, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm, <laughs> success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts, wow, Amen. A lot of truth in that, and there's a lot of truth in that for the Israelites, and there's a lot of truth in that that we see in Romans 6, 7, and 8. So let's get to it. So we've had this great victory, but in Joshua 6, I skipped this part last time, uh, beginning at verse 17, Joshua had instructed the Israelites at Joshua six seventeen, the city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in the house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep for yourselves, keep yourselves from the things under the ban, so that you do not covet them, and take some of the things under the ban, and make the camp of Israel accursed, and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. Okay, chapter 7. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully. Verse 1 of chapter 7 of Joshua. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Uh, Do not ignore... Uh, Hebrews 12 and uh, I think 12, do not despise the discipline of the Lord. Under the new covenant, we will mess up. He will discipline us. Don't ignore that and always blame it on the devil. Examine yourself and make sure that you haven't missed it. I haven't missed it. Sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes it's me. So we need to see about it. Uh, this is an extreme chapter we're reading. Uh, Uh, But it was a a lesson to the Israelites, but don't ignore it, because we see the same kind of extreme lesson in Acts chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira, where I think we all look at that and say, wow, uh, I think I've maybe done worse things than that. And the Lord says, right. Be thankful for my mercy. Uh, I expect, my hope and expectation is we'll get to heaven, and Ananias and Sapphira will be there. My hope is that um, Achan will be there. I have reason to believe that. Don't know for sure. But um, let's, let's be thankful for God's mercies. They're new every morning. Verse 2 of 7. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near beth east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up. Only about two or 3,000 men need to go up to Ai. Do not make all the people toil up there, for they are few. So about 3,000 men from the people went up there, but they fled from the men of Ai. You can see that pride has entered the hearts because they didn't inquire the Lord about it. They just said, we got this. You know, the walls of Jericho came down. If you experience the miracle-working power of God in your life, uh inevitably this kind of thing is going to happen because we're human i encourage you to pray this prayer uh god keep me from the foot of pride that was david's prayer uh but you get a jericho type victory that's amazing and it's so easy for the flesh to rise up and you start thinking you're all that and um the only antidote to it is come before the lord every morning with a humble heart asking for his mercy and let the Holy Spirit work through you to empower other people so that they can minister. Uh, if you find everyone falling at your feet, how amazing you are, even if it is amazing, you have to ask yourself, am I getting off track here? Uh, and Who's the hero of the story? Is it Jesus Christ or is it me? And uh, uh, we all need to be on our guard against that. I think that's what had happened to the Israelites here. Their hearts had departed from the Lord and they began to... As you would, you think, man, we're pretty awesome, you know, and that can happen when God starts doing amazing things through you when you minister, which he'll do. And it's something you're going to we're all going to have to work through. But don't shrink back from letting God do amazing things from you through you. He wants to do that. He wants you to learn to walk free of uh, the prideful self life. And we encourage one another in it. Verse five. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of their men, the Israelites, and pursued them from the gate as far as Shabarim and struck them down on the descent. So the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening, both he and the elders of Israel. And they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people Over the Jordan, only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. In other words, Joshua's faith failed. That's an encouragement to me. It should be an encouragement to you. Joshua is a hero of the faith, but he's human. And you'll have days where fear gets the best of you and your faith fails. Verse 8, O Lord, what can I say since Israel has turned their back before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and they will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Listen to what the Lord says to Joshua in verse 10, because, uh, and we need to be careful about this. There's a certain, mercy is so crucial uh, and there's uh, wonderful, wonderful Christians with a gift of mercy, but there's a certain tyranny of the mercy giver that the only message we're ever allowed to speak to anyone is the mercy message. And that can live some leave someone in addiction for all their life. If you're just constantly, you become an enabler. And we suffer, I believe, in this land to some degree from that right now, the tyranny of the mercy givers. If we're not... uh Feeling sorry for everybody always, then we don't love them. Listen what the Lord says to Joshua because he did love him. So the Lord said to Joshua in verse 10, rise up. In other words, get up off your face. Get up off your face. Why is that you have fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have even taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived." Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies, for they have become accursed. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people, and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said, there are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. You know, sometimes we all need to hear that. That's what my wife calls hitting me upside the head with a two by four. We sometimes need that. Now, that can't be the only part of your ministry because Jesus was moved with compassion many, 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 many times. But he also was pretty stern in rebukes, not only to the Pharisees, But also to all the regular old folk in Coruscant and Bethsaida. Amen. He said, Woe to you. Because they wouldn't repent after they'd seen all these amazing miracles. And so Jesus was not always uh, what we would consider gentle Jesus. Sometimes he flipped the tables over. And there's a place for both of them. So let's not, let's beware of the tyranny of mercy giving to the exclusion of everything else. He's saying, Joshua, my promises haven't failed. My word hasn't failed. You all have disobeyed me. You need to see about it. One way to look at this, of course, is uh, this man, Achan, who's going to get identified is a man. And so we all need to be aware of that. Another way to look at this prophetically is that Israel is just like a body, a person, you and me. And so Achan is that uh, fleshly nature that resides in us, even after we're born again and have a new heart and a new spirit. And, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, body is dead because of sin, but the spirit lives for righteousness. Amen. Amen. And so we need to be aware of the aching, uh, that can uh, rise up and pull us back down, if that makes sense. So verse 14, in the morning, then you shall come near by your tribes and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes by Lot shall come nearby families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come nearby households, and so on. And they'll get down to the family that has violated. So at verse 16, Joshua arose early in the morning, and the tribe of Judah was taken. Now, remember, he told them to consecrate themselves. So they're fasting so that the sin can become manifest. Again, I encourage you to fast in secret on a regular basis as part of your spiritual disciplines. I will tell you folks it's my least favorite part of Christianity. It just is, but I find when I don't do it, I regret it. I kind of start drifting. I stop seeing the same uh movement of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so uh it's just something I have to do on a regular basis. Verse 17, uh he brought, you know, he goes through the families and we get down to 19, then Joshua said to Achan, You know, Aiken's pit. Uh, Don't listen. You can't hide from God. You can't hide from the Holy Spirit. There's nothing hidden from his sight. Everything is open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So I need to think about that every day as I go forth. He hears everything I say. He knows every thought that tries to come to me, everything I do. And, you know, if we all had that in our hearts every day, none of us would be thieves because we're not stealing from other people. We're dishonoring God ultimately. Right. So if you actually thought about that, we'd have no looting or burning or murder uh, or uh, anyone killing anyone else. Right. Because God's watching all of it. Amen. Then Joshua said, to Achan, my son, I implore you. And there's tenderness in this Joshua, I'm sure knew these folks I loved him, My son, I implore you give glory to the Lord. The God of Israel, give praise to him and tell me now what you've done. Do not hide it from me. So Achan answered Joshua and said, truly, I sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I did. Verse 21. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight. Then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. So he coveted and he stole. Uh, wow, have I ever coveted? Yes, right? You know, we all have, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and behold, it was concealed in his tent with the silver underneath it. And they took from inside the tent and brought it to Joshua and to all the sons of Israel and they poured them out to the Lord. Then Joshua said to all Israel with them, they took Achan. And everything he owned, his family, his wives, his children, verse 25, Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned them with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised a great heap of stones that day to this day. And the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. That's a that's a hard Old Covenant word um, And it's a harsh Action Of course when you're a wilderness people And you're surrounded by a horde Of many more people uh, Sometimes harsh actions Are called for to preserve a nation We need to keep that in mind Folks uh, It can be tough sometimes The things nations have to do As opposed to how I behave On an individual basis and leaders are called to uh, do difficult things. There's conflict of mercies. Uh, yes, we want to be merciful to people that are suspected of criminal conduct. Uh, but in a conflict of mercies, we want to be merciful first and foremost to the innocent who are oppressed by criminality. Otherwise, we will all live in a jungle of oppression. We don't want that. And so you have to allow police to police. At the same time, we don't want to live in a police state. There's tension in God's truth. Uh, but you cannot insist on mercy giving to the point where other people are being murdered and killed and living in fear. Uh, that's carrying mercy giving towards the suspected criminal so far that is unmerciful to everyone else. And I suspect that was going on here with ache and sin for them to make it. Through the uh, battles they had ahead of them, there had to be drastic action. So no one else would uh, be tempted to disobey God while they were in this great battle. But there's also, of course, a picture in our own life. It says in Romans 6 uh, that we're crucified with Christ. It says that also in Galatians 2.20, we're crucified with Christ. The old self is crucified, and you have to count that true by faith. That old man Uh, Achan that dwells within. You have to count as buried under a pile of rocks. Amen? But look, the new covenant is a covenant of hope. There's a reason why there's an old covenant and a new covenant. Turn to Hosea, chapter 2, at 14 and 15. Hosea, Joel, Amos, you've got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, uh, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Hosea in uh, Hosea, chapter 2, at verse 14 and 15, uh, he talks about how Israel has been like the wife. Hosea was commanded to marry a woman who he was told in advance would be unfaithful to him and prostitute herself. That's a tough uh, command of the Lord to marry someone like that. And then the Lord told uh, Hosea to take her back. All as a prophetic picture of how God was going to treat Israel as a woman who turned away from him to other gods. But he would draw her back as we are seeing happen in our lives right now. We're seeing this happen. So at verse 14, here's the new covenant prophesied by the prophet Hosea. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Then I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as the door of hope and the valley of Achor as the door of hope. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. That's why I believe I'll see Achan in heaven. Hallelujah. Because our worst failures as we turn to the Lord, as Achan did, he confessed his sin. He was repentant, uh, becomes can become our greatest victories. And God used Achan's sin to be a door of hope for Israel. Praise God. We see the promise of it uh, there, and it's fulfilled in the new covenant in Romans uh, 7 and 8. We see it in uh, Galatians 5. If you look at Galatians five sixteen, he says, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so you may not do the things that you please. But praise God, the Holy Spirit can hold the flesh in the place of death, and we grow in it. So we will commit sins, we will have failures, but you confess them and get up and keep moving like Winston Churchill said success is moving from failure to failure. You just keep moving forward. Can't you see it? So if you look at Romans 7 with me for a minute, I do want you to make a comparison between the person being described in Romans 7 and the person being described in Romans 1. Uh, It's important because in Romans 1 at the end, he describes all these kinds of sins, wickedness, greed, envy and other stuff, murder, so on. A whole list in Romans 1 at the end. And and he says about the folks that are practicing these things, the unregenerate, unbelieving world, verse 32, And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. And we see that in our world today. However, in Romans 7, This is not how Paul's describing himself. So that's why I don't think Romans 7 is describing his life before he was born again. In fact, he's not giving hearty approval to the things he sees he's doing. He hates them. But he's finding it hard to get free of the power of sin. And he says in verse 16 of chapter 7, But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law. Confessing that the law is good. That's not the person in Romans 1.32. Uh, and listen, I was a drunk before I was saved. I didn't care if you thought getting drunk was wrong or not. I liked doing it and it's going to do whatever I wanted. OK, I wasn't agreeing with the law that the law was good. And I didn't think there was anything particularly wrong with being a drunk. Now, most of the things I most deeply regret about my pre-salvation behavior happened when I was drunk. That's how God works in your life. But you reach this point when you're born again. Verse 17, I now know, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. That's Achan. But there's a door of hope. Verse 24, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself in my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh sin again that's why I say fasting can be so powerful Romans 8 1 in the King James is the answer therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit praise God verse 10 if Christ is in you though the body is dead because of sin yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness but at the verse 11 of the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12, so then, Romans 8, 12, so then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. You'll end up like Achan if you commit your life to keep living under the flesh. For if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live for all who are being led by the Spirit of God. These are sons of God. Listen, there's, this is the way. Holy Spirit of God, lead me and guide me today into all truth. Show me the good things you prepare for me to do. You set your mind every day on the Spirit of God. We're none of us perfect on this. We will all still sin sometimes. And you confess it and bring it before the Lord, but you thank God for the door of hope. Amen. Uh, and God is amazing. Even on pre-salvation sins, he sometimes turns things around. God had me send a letter to a former classmate 40 years ago that I was unkind to and uh, asked for forgiveness. And the person sent me a very nice letter in response telling me I was forgiven. And I just felt like the Lord had told me to do that. I resisted it for a long while, but I did it. Guys, I was mediating a case three months later, um, a mother and daughter who had a case. And uh, in the course of the mediation, I was led to share that story near the end about sending the letter to my classmate from 40 years ago. Well, it turned out the mother I was mediating for that day was exactly my same age, born the same year. And when I told her about the letter uh, seeking forgiveness from my classmate, who I'd been unkind to, the lady, tears welled up in her eyes, and she said to me, Do you know I just got a letter like that from one of my classmates who was very unkind to me 40 years ago in high school, and, but she's become a Christian now, and she asked my forgiveness, and I told her I did forgive her. God is able to take some of our worst failures And open a new door of hope. He's able to take Achan's sin. And make the valley of Achor. The valley of trouble. A door of hope. That is the promise of the new covenant. In Jesus name. Father we give you thanks and praise. For the hope of Jesus Christ. The hope of the gospel. That Jesus is the, the door of hope. We thank you Lord. That you take all of our sin all of our failures, and you turn them into victory as we persevere. Lord, you're the God who gives us perseverance. Help us, God, to not get mired in guilt and shame when we stumble, we fail, and we sin. Lord, give us the courage to get up and keep moving forward with you. Wash us and cleanse us. Give us the courage to be honest before you, Holy Spirit of God, and to acknowledge our sin before you and receive your cleansing so that we can go forth in humility and mercy and kindness and love. Speaking the truth, in love we pray. In Jesus' name, may you receive all the glory and honor for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.